Frank Ling. And I'm Charles Lee. And you're listening to the Grok Science Show. That's right. It's a weekly look at the world of science, technology, and their effects on our daily lives. Coming up on today's program, Dr. Frida Birnbaum will join us to discuss personality types. So stay tuned for all of this. Plus the Grokatron 5000. And our world-famous question of the week. Coming right up. Here. On the Grok's Science Show. Rock Science Show. Well, identifying a person on the first date as being a sociopath, narcissist would, of course, be uh, extremely useful, but how is it possible? Well, luckily, a psychologist has now uh, come up with some tips for uh, spotting those personality types, and joining us today to discuss this issue is Dr. Frida Birnbaum. Dr. Birnbaum is a research psychologist, psychoanalyst, and author of What Price Power? An In-Depth Study of the Professional Woman in a Relationship. And Dr. Birnbaum, I want to thank you very much for joining us today on the Grox Science Show. Thank you. Certainly a fascinating issue. Tips here in terms of how to spot uh, very personality types on the first date, but I'm curious, how did you yourself become interested in this particular topic? Well, you know, when we have to deal with people, there are certain types that uh, come across your life that you have to be prepared for. So when you're dealing with narcissism, somebody who's extremely self-centered, you have to step back and realize there's a pattern that's going to affect you for sure. So let's say you're dating. If you're going out to someone who's so self-centered, they can only see people around them, or they're angry at the waiter or waitress. It's a heads up because it's going to happen to you eventually. They're going to personalize it towards your relationship with them, and that's where it's going to stop. You're going to have to reassess, is that worth it? So it's very different when you're working with someone and they're self-absorbed, or if there's somebody who has these issues of grandeur, uh, self-esteem, that they're so involved that they don't see anyone around them, that does affect the decision-making because it's going to be on what they think is best for themselves, not necessarily for you or for people around you. So the real question is, do you want to be around these people? Well, if you have a choice, obviously the answer is no. But if you don't have a choice, what do you do on such circumstances where there's a codependency, which means that you're there to make that other person comfortable? How do you skirt around that and say, you know what, this is what needs to be done, and who cares about the consequences? And that's hard to do because these people are often charismatic, they're charming, um, they're bright, and they're also authoritative. So it's very difficult uh, to feel trapped in that kind of dilemma. And certainly, as you mentioned, not limited to the dating environment. could be the work environment. could be a social environment. Obviously, I guess the ways of dealing with these different personality types probably differs depending on the situation. Absolutely. It can be in the political environment as well because when you're looking at these candidates, um, a lot of them are very narcissistic. 
a lot of them just want you to know that what they're saying is right without looking at any other kind of view. And these people, you know, you can really be pulled into what it is they're saying. And, you know, they say some of the best presidents are the ones that are, have been psychotic. They're, they're so absorbed in their own grandiose manners, but they're also people that can sell. They can often make the best salespeople uh, because of their charm. So those are the people that even though it sounds very negative, uh, their personas can often work towards their benefit as well. So the behaviors of personality type might be beneficial in, in certain circumstances, but certainly not in others. That's right. So if you're involved with someone on a personal level, you don't want that because you want a relationship. You want someone who's going to connect and see you and have some kind of compassion towards you. And that's an emotional kind of relationship. But when you want authority, when you want to have, to have someone who's going to speak for you, who's going to have confidence, who's really going to be out there and know what they're doing, then that's not a bad trait to have. So we're talking about a boss, we're talking about a coworker, we're talking about the President of the United States. Absolutely. So is it possible for these become negative personality types to have productive relationships, or is it, is it not possible to have a... Well, that's an excellent question. You know, 1% uh, of these people uh, have uh, deviant behaviors, but the rest of the population have that in them, and that comes and goes. Is it possible to have a relationship with these people? Well, it depends on the extreme of it, but if you can have something there that that person can find valuable, then they may, there may be a chance for, for change, but it takes a lot of work. It's something that you have to be prepared for to feel that this person is special enough that you're willing to put yourself out for and really try to help because, after all, these people often have had childhood experiences where they were not listened to, they were not validated, they were not put into center stage situations. So they're still trying to make up for that time where they didn't have, and that's sort of undoing their past. One probably has to have a good sense of self before embark any type of relationship. Absolutely. I mean, you really have to be healthy first, and you have to be willing to put up with a lot of work. So if you don't see yourself as healthy, you know what? You may end up with someone who's not that emotionally stable because you identify with that person. So the best thing you can do is to get to a good place first so you don't end up with someone who has these kind of issues uh, with codependency because people who are narcissistic often end up with partners who are codependent, which means that they end up marrying people who want to please. And so if you're in that kind of place, it's better to figure out what it is that's right for you because you're going to end up with the wrong person in your life and you could end up uh, a lifetime, spending a lifetime trying to fix that with someone else. Better to do the uh, the legwork up front, I guess. Better uh, to work up front, for yeah. sure. Uh, so um, I'm, I'm curious, how how do we go about spotting uh, some of these individuals uh, from someone who just might generally be charming versus somebody who is, say, a sociopath? You know, one of the first heads up, if you're dating online, if you see some guy without a shirt on, about three pictures of different poses, you know 
there's something there more than just taking a picture. That person thinks they're wonderful. So when we're talking about big egos, when that person or any person is using the I too much and it's more about what they think than what you think and they're not pulling you into their perspective or events in their lives, then you know you're with somebody who's narcissistic. And if that was the question, because there's so many other ways to spot these people, so you have to know that if you're set off a little bit, if you're uncomfortable, there's a reason for that. And, you know, maybe you shouldn't date that person who's online and their pictures just of themselves. If you see too much of that, you know, after a while that gets boring anyway. It gets stale. Uh, what about a, uh, a codependent? You know, somebody who's codependent is somebody who wants to please. They, they are usually people... Uh, who had to look for approval and they did not get approval and they're still trying to do the same thing. That's why it's so important for parents to be careful the way they speak to their children because it could be brought on in such a way that it takes away a self, sense excuse me, of self-esteem. So when you're in that place, you're still looking for what your parents didn't give you and you're continuing to find people in your life that can, can make up for it. But the reality is the truth is nobody can make up for what you didn't have. And no one did this to you. So it's not their problem. And it's unfair to give someone else the responsibility that they had nothing to do with. So uh, say uh, somehow you found yourself in, in a relationship and uh, didn't realize it, and then it slowly dawned on you. You're, you're dating a, a sociopath or narcissist or, or codependent. What, how, do, how do you deal with it? How do you get out of the situation if you, if you so desire? Run. The sooner the better because they know how to charm. They know how to get you in there. They know how to feel that make you feel uncomfortable about their desires and their problems and they you want to fix it for them. They're very good at all that. So the minute you see that and the minute you say, you know what, maybe this relationship is not about us or about me. It's about that other person. And do I really want to spend all that time making up for that person's needs? You know, it's really not a good thing. And the, the answer to your question is the sooner the better. If people want to learn more, uh, find out more on how to spot uh, these various personality types or just learn more about uh, the sort of general area, where can they go? Uh, well, they could reach me at my website, Dr. Frida. Uh, but the most important thing is that when you do spot someone like that, uh, the best thing you could say to that person is, you know what, I'm sure you're wonderful, I'm sure you're very interesting, and you have a lot to say, but let's talk about, and whatever that is, to change the course of events, even if it's a date, even if it's someone at work, even if it's just a topic, and put it in a different direction, because otherwise it'll never stop, because that person is so needy, that person needs so much that no one can really fulfill that person. They're looking for other people to do the work for them, and it's extremely tiring. And you'll be able to step, step back and say, you know what, no matter what it is that I do, it's never going to be enough. That's the best thing you can do for yourself when you encounter somebody who is not making you feel as if you're part of the team, part of the program, part of the relationship. It's not easy because people do it in such a subtle way that they pull you in 
And before you know it, you're involved in a situation that's really not good for you. And once you're in, it's really hard to get out, right? It's very hard because they're very good at manipulating. They're very good at being victimized and for you to really feel that uh, you need to take care of them. And this happens all the time. You know, I'm trying to... Uh, sign a contract with someone, uh, not to get too personal, but maybe I am. And the one that really needs me is the one that's pulling on my heart, you know, the one I want to be there for. But is that person really good for me? So that happens to us every day in our lives, where to go, who to be there for, instead of being there for ourselves. So we always have to step back. I, mean, I, I even had my hair done with somebody I didn't like the other day. I'm giving you this advice, but it does happen to us. The person that I wanted to have my hair done with did not make the appointment. They gave me the wrong person. I felt sorry for the guy. So I went ahead, and I was having the wrong person do my hair because we tend to psychologically want to take care of other people but we have to be careful because if you're in a full-blown relationship you can end up giving your life away and that's not a good thing uh, maybe one final question is is it more common to see uh, these different types in men versus women well, women have been more conditioned as you know to give to be caretakers and men have been more conditioned to be out there and to take care of and to make the decisions. So it's extremely common in a relationship where the women have more codependency issues because in a, in a marriage or in a relationship, any relationship uh, where there are two partners involved, uh, often the man uh, sees love as part of who he is and a woman sees love as whole, all of who she is. And that's where the problem begins, right there with these codependency issues. Hmm. And then she says that uh, he's controlling her, but the problem is she's telling him to control her. Well, certainly a fascinating topic, which we were just talking with Dr. Frida Birnbaum. She's a research psychologist, psychoanalyst, and author of What Price Power? An In-Depth Study of the Professional Women in a Relationship. And uh, Dr. Birnbaum, I want to thank you very much for joining us today on the Grok Science Show. My pleasure. Fun talking to you. Thank you so much. And that's all for this week's edition of the Grok Science Show. Make sure you tune in next week for more from the world of science and technology. If you'd like to contact us here, you can email us at science at groks.net. For Grok Science, I'm Frank Ling. And I'm Charles Lee. Make sure you also see us on the web at www.groks.net. Have a great afternoon and keep on grokking.